in many instances, I've found we've become very lazy and forgotten that the conversations on social media are important, but we also need to add value to those conversations by in-depth analysis or, uh, or investigations into some of those things. And this gives us uh, digital technologies, the newsrooms, that opportunity so that you don't have to be the breaker of the news. You need to be the explainer of the news. My name is Catherine Gisheru. I am an ITFJ fellow. I am also the country lead coach for Kenya, uh, the Pan-African lead for uh, the WANA Data Network of Women Data Journalists and Data Scientists. This is a special podcast about journalism innovation in Africa. I am Dickens Olewe. Journalism is in crisis. The business model that has supported the industry for decades is under serious strain. Technology has changed how we engage with audiences and new platforms require journalists to constantly upgrade their skills. I reached out to Catherine to speak about these issues, including diversity in newsrooms and her transition from working in Kenya's newspaper industry to a digital training organization. But I started by asking her about Code for Kenya. Code for Kenya is a Kenyan chapter, if you want to call it, of the continent's largest federation of data journalism and and civic technology labs in Africa. We have labs in five countries and affiliated in six other countries as part of Code for Africa. We also incubate a series of uh, initiatives, for for example, the PESA Check for Checking Initiative, African Drones the African Network of Centers for Investigative Reporting, as well as many other tech or civic tech initiatives that we have already initiated or in the process of initiating. All of them actually work together with the media as well as civil society advocacy group. And the idea is to try and see how we can incorporate uh, digital technologies in giving citizens actionable information. The, the much that I know about Code for Africa, there is also an element of the organization working with the newsrooms. Can you just tell me yes. a little bit more about that? Essentially what we do is that we try to take the pain of change, if you want to call it that, or the really involved in picking up the digital technologies and incorporating them in the news. We work together with newsrooms to see how we can help them, uh, if you want to call it, graduate, if, you, if that's the word, to, to using these digital tools so that they can do better storytelling. So essentially, it's how to showing them how to do investigations, setting up, uh, collecting data, uh, using drones, for, again, uh, visualizing not only for print but also for the digital platforms because most of them actually have digital platforms. How to use the analytics that they're getting from their readers so that then they're able to actually respond to what their readers or their audiences are interested in and how to actually leverage the content that they're producing for the different platforms on which people are consuming that information. Now maybe at this point I just have to reveal that you and I were colleagues three years back and I, I just remember the discussions about five years ago. You know, you've just told me about what Code for Africa is doing, you know, drones, fact-checking, 
data journalism and introducing new technology. I remember back then, at least five years ago when I was in Kenya, there was not really, you know, you didn't sense the urgency and the interest from the executives. I'm just wondering whether that, that has changed. I mean, what is your experience now? There has been an increase or an interest. The interest has been growing, but I think in the last few years it's become more urgent in the sense that we drop in circulation and all the challenges of the, the newsrooms everywhere, not only in Kenya or Africa, but the whole world is facing because of the business model that seems to be, in a way, crumbling, even as we produce our daily newspapers and trying to figure out how to continue. The news managers have increasingly become interested in finding out how to do better with the little that they have. And the option increasingly is coming from looking at the opportunities that digital technologies are presenting to them because the money that increasingly was dependent on advertisers is no longer there. So we need to continue, if you need to continue in business or as a newsroom or as a media organization, you need to have new ways of doing the same quality, high quality, as well as engaging content, but with very few resources. So that is why this has changed in the last few years. The other thing is that there are also opportunities that some of these tools or platforms can provide newsrooms with revenue. I mean, you can leverage some of your content into revenue or some of your tools into revenue generating streams which would otherwise not have existed in the past and as you're talking that that one of the things for example the doji doctors which we worked on together at the star when you are at the star when we were launching that it's an example of a revenue generating tool which would not have otherwise existed if it wasn't for the digital technology that exists now so in a way trying to make newsrooms more sustainable even as the advertising is disappearing. Yeah, and, and just to make clear for those who don't know what you're talking about, the Doji Doctors is a platform where um, you have all the registered doctors uh, in a particular uh, and this application is available to citizens so that in case they go to a hospital and they are not confident about the person sitting across to them and giving who's diagnosing them, uh, they can quickly run their name and check whether they are registered doctor uh, or not. Catherine, I'm really interested in your story because uh, you have worked in uh, in the newspaper business, editing uh, Kenya's top newspapers, uh, and now you've made this transition to Code for Africa. And I just wondered whether you could just talk us through how that transition has been for you. I think it's been quite interesting and challenging at the same time, and I learn something new every day. But what I always remind myself is that the issue of telling stories, writing good stories, is not it, it doesn't change so much. It's just the way in which we deliver it. So for me, it was quite a huge change because you had the 20, you had the 12-hour head start. I mean, like tomorrow's paper. It's tomorrow. The deadline is today, yes. But you didn't have this consistent need. The 24-hour news cycle wasn't essentially something that I, I in my, in 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 uh, working from the newspaper was an issue. But increasingly, and since then. It's not only newspapers that need to be the ones breaking the news. You need to break the news on your digital platforms because everybody has gone there. So for me, it's trying to retain the high quality uh, journalism that is 
present in print to be able to transition it to the digital platforms and being able to be more responsive on the digital platforms than previously and therefore playing our role as journalists because we are in a better way because now we are more we are, we are able to access information faster in a better format you can share it um, on videos if you want or tweets or whatever you can actually do so much more so it's quite a drastic mind shift for me but it's very 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 exciting I'm also interested in, you know, you looking back, I mean, comparing the time you were uh, in, you know, editing newspapers and now working for this uh, innovative uh, uh, organization that's training journalists to use digital technologies. Could you just talk about what you see as the influence of, for example, social media, especially to, um, uh, to how journalism is being done uh, in, in Kenya or even in Africa? For the democratization of deciding what is news and what isn't news is now no longer limited to a few. And is that a good thing? I think it's a very good thing. I think it's fantastic. But what I need, I mean, in my what my concern is, is that if you want, news, newspapers can no longer be the guys who are breaking the news. Legacy media has been new, it is changing and has been forced to change. And because we have the social media platforms and all manner of, uh, of, of technologies that have happened, we need to kind of try and rethink what legacy media should look like. Should we be the followers? Because a few hundred thousand KOTs are saying the issue is this. Should the media then therefore just follow and follow according to those conversations? Or should they add value to those conversations by doing more uh, researched and well thought out pieces so that individuals or audiences then are not driven just to take whatever is happening on social media as the only thing that is happening. Because there are so many other things that media needs to be addressing and we're not doing that well because we are in a hurry to keep up with social media or what is being broken on social media or what social media is saying. And I think in, in many instances I've found we've become very lazy and, and, and forgotten that, yes, what is the conversations on social media are important, but we also need to add value to those conversations by in-depth analysis or, uh, or investigations into some of those things. And this gives us uh, digital technologies, the newsrooms, that opportunity so that you don't have to be the breaker of the news. You need to be the explainer of the news. Because after the first news break or something else will happen 10 minutes later, it will go out again. But you need to explain and contextualize that which is happening so that then people see there is a value that they are getting from your content, which is what we're not doing. And I'm not seeing happening, at least in Kenya, I'm not seeing a lot of that happening. The the other issue uh, I just want to hear your thoughts about is diversity in newsrooms. Um, And in fact, you know, I I, I always uh, remember this picture when we, uh, both of us were still working at the Star, where we we will have editorial meetings and you will be the only woman in the room. And and I'm just curious whether you're seeing newsrooms being concerned about representation and actually doing something about it, and not just in Kenya, but uh, across Africa? I think that there are lots and lots of young women joining the newsrooms. Unfortunately, 
they are not in decision-making positions, and therefore, in terms, just like you said, in, in the decisions are being made predominantly by men. The men are setting the news agenda for the rest of us, and this has been a concern of mine for many years, and, and that's one of the reasons we decided to set up Wana Data, which is essentially killing women journalists in the new new way of telling stories, using digital technologies to tell new stories. And data journalism is one of them because you can do, but I mean, humongously interesting, engaging content. Uh, I mean, in this case, I'm thinking not only from interactive visualizations and all the rest. That failure by newsrooms to to, to retain women, creating an environment where women feel they're welcome and their opinions are recognized and respected is still lacking. What can be done? I think the newsrooms need to rethink their policies when it comes to career progression for women, as well as training, as well as opportunities, and stop pigeonholing women into the usual, the old stuff they used to do in the old... I mean, when I started, there was features where we do the soft stories, which were considered soft, but really are not. And Muslims need to deliberately try and get women out of those zones, remove those zones or those pigeonholes and get them into what we call the mainstream. And I don't think a lot of newsrooms are proactively doing that. Newsrooms proactively engage and change and introduce policies or strategies that would retain young women in the newsroom and therefore help them grow their careers and encourage them to stay in the newsrooms and, and grow. There's a clear career path. Then they would stay and would have more women in decision-making positions, not only at the beginning and then... As you grow up the ladder, they become more men. You know, the gender is, is not represented. Now, Catherine, there are journalism students who will be listening to this conversation and they will want to hear you tell them, uh, you know, you work with the um, media organizations across the continent. Uh, maybe the advice that they will want to hear from you is what are the key skills that they need to get to be relevant in newsrooms in Africa today? I mean, they need to get their heads around this whole thing about data, data journalism. It's not very complex. If I can learn it, I'm, an, I'm not young. I think anyone can do it. Then the other thing we need, we need to start thinking about is evidence-based and investigative journalism because that is something we haven't been doing in most of our countries, and that can be done by, I mean, you, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to do all these things. And then the other thing is, learning to code is very important if you're a journalism student, but it is not extremely important if you don't know how to code. And the reason is that in the newsroom, the newsroom of the 21st century, where we hope we're going to a little bit of that knowledge is helpful because there are new jobs that are now going to come up in newsrooms that never existed before. And those are the opportunities for news, for journalists. I'm thinking, yeah, fact-checking journalism is something we haven't been doing. And I'm not saying we are awash with, 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 with lies, but misinformation and actually disinformation is everywhere. That's an opportunity that somebody can actually get involved in. So that's training that somebody can learn. How do you fact check? What can you do to, what can you use to fact check? How do you verify video? All those kinds of stuff. So they are very, very diverse and interesting skills that journalists can acquire and 
because the opportunities do exist in the in the newsroom. Now you've talked about uh, data journalism, and probably should have asked you this uh, um, a bit earlier. Uh, but could you, mm-hmm. for those who don't know what you're talking about, could you just explain what data journalism is and what it aims to achieve? First of all, we have to get an understanding that in today's world, there's humongous amounts of data that governments or the private sector companies or what civil societies are producing. And that is, is, is being shared on Google it, you'll find it in most instances. And governments actually have jumped on this bandwagon of open government initiatives. Kenya was the first one Now, using the data that governments are producing, you can actually be able to tell stories about what is happening or what is of interest to citizens. So, for example, you don't need to wait to be told by the Minister of Agriculture that the yield is going to be 50, whatever. You can actually use the data that has been collected over a period of time and triangulate that with information that has come through from other, other other departments or other sources and be able to say, because we did not get the right amount of fertilizer, we only got a fraction of this, you can actually write an interesting, nuanced, contextualized story using data. You can visualize that data so you, I can understand in, in a chart uh, much more, or even uh, social read or whatever it is, a very complex thing. You can break it down into something simple that somebody can understand. You can also be able to share with your audiences the evidence you are using to come to conclusions or to on on your reports. So in a way, you are you're having a two-way conversation with with uh, with your audiences because. You're using data and you're making it possible for them to interact with that data. I, I remember one giving a talk and uh, I was suggesting that if, uh, if Kenyan journalists uh, want to see issue-based politics, then they have to do data-based reporting. Exactly. And, and actually using data makes, makes it possible for journalists to hold powerful to account in the sense that you're able to counter their rhetoric with facts and it's very difficult for somebody to, to claim it is not true you, and, and being able to give citizens that information because you've got it from all the data that is available is actually very very powerful because it also means to empower the citizens then to hold their elected officials to account too just help us to you know maybe you could just project or predict what you see as uh, happening next year. What do you think is, is, is going to happen uh, next year? What's the trend that's definitely going to peak in 2019 in Africa? I think what will happen is that there will be much more of an urgency within newsrooms, not only to acquire actually amongst journalists, especially and, 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 and specifically within newsrooms, to acquire these new skills that take advantage not only of data, but also how to leverage the digital technologies so that they can actually be able to do more than what they're doing. I know they're not going to make the most money out of the digital platforms, but we might see a situation where, and I I can hopefully optimistically say this might happen, where you we get people willing to not only receive free information, but be able want to subscribe to free 
subscribed for content. It's not going to happen overnight, but those conversations will start. I know they started some years ago and were, 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 were dropped because they putting up uh, paywalls and all the rest didn't seem to work. But I'm seeing a situation where digit, some digital platforms are actually seeking, actively seeking out subscriptions from people who want to access their content, and it's working. So I'm thinking that is something that will happen over and above the urgent desire and drive to by newsrooms and journalists to acquire this new skill. That is Catherine Gisheru, ICFJ Fellow and the country lead of Code for Kenya. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you have any comments or questions, please reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at Dickens Ulewe.